Welcome to a podcast of the Knox County Public Library in Knoxville, Tennessee. These remarks are excerpts of a talk given by Cliff Rogers for the Democracy and the Informed Citizen Symposium, sponsored by Humanities Tennessee. Rogers was appointed the Knox County Administrator of Elections in 2011. He is a lawyer and a certified Administrator of Elections and Rule 31 General Civil Mediator. His talk was entitled, Hacked, How Safe Are Our Elections? Even though some audience participation is barely audible, I left in a brief amount for the sake of the context it provides for Rogers' response. Other audience interaction and the end of his talk were cut for technical reasons. I'm going to give you all just a little background because I think uh, a lot of times on messages that have any political ramifications or undertones, the messenger matters. And if all you know about me is I'm the administrator of elections for Knox County, appointed by the Republicans, and your political leanings are otherwise, then maybe you've got a problem with me on the front end, and I get that to a point. But I am from Knoxville. I've lived here all my life. I love this community, and I love doing what I do. I went to the same school, Bearden, for my whole life, first through high school. I went to UT, graduated in political science, went to UT Law School, graduated in 1980, and went to work for Howard Baker's firm, who I might add, the managing senior partner was Bob Worthington, a Democrat. I quickly learned that Republicans and Democrats can work together quite well. I practiced law for four years and came to realize that's not really my cup of tea. So I went to clerk for a federal judge, Judge Jarvis, who was appointed by President Reagan in 1984. While he was a political appointment, he made it clear to me from the outset, politics and who the players were and who the attorneys were were never going to affect the outcome of any decision in his court, and they didn't. I also understood over in the federal system that every time the president changed, uh, certain players changed. You had a new U.S. attorney. You had a new marshal. You had different federal judges appointed. I was there for the Reagan years, Bush years, Clinton years, and then Bush years again. I didn't think anything about it. I learned that there are good people from both parties who can do absolutely any job out there. That's the environment that I came from, and when I got here I found out that uh, you're under political attack immediately when the power transferred from the Democrats to the Republicans. So I was a little taken aback, and listen, it ain't from the other party. It's also from your own party. There's factions in the Republican Party. Imagine that. <laughs> so uh, I had uh, to put up with a lot of what I considered nonsense when I got this job. Nevertheless, I felt called to do it. I've been doing it seven years now. When I got appointed in May 2011, one of the very first things I did was worry about this election equipment because I quickly realized if there's a problem with that election equipment, I don't want any part of this job, all right? I'm too old, I got too much experience, I can do a lot of things. So if there's a problem with that equipment, I want to know about it now, and I'm going to turn in my papers and move on. I ain't doing this job. So I had the guy that speaks for Heart Inner Civic, 
And remember now, folks, this is the equipment that was bought when the Democrats were in charge of the Election Commission, when Greg McKay was Administrator of Elections, okay? This is what they bought. And if it was fine, I'm going with it. So I had the President of Hart come up, and I met with him all day. And after that meeting, I became convinced there's no problem with this equipment. It's used in 30 other counties in this state and in countless states around the country. It's not hooked up to the Internet. So we all know about May the 1st, all right? That's when we had an attack slash hack on the Knox County website, okay? And that's simply how we get the numbers out to everybody on election night. At about 8.15 when I said, let's release the numbers to the public because at that point we realized everybody was through voting. We don't release numbers if anybody's in line that we're aware of anywhere out there, okay? So we said, let them rip. Well, I saw all the IT guys up and running and I thought, uh-oh, what's happened here? Well, the website crashed. And we had a team of about 11 or 12 people that were working on it immediately. And I remember going on live TV uh, and letting everybody know, we, we may have those numbers out on the Internet tonight, or we may not. But the good news is we had, for some reason, all of the press, all of the TV stations were down at our office that night. So we just simply printed them off of the computer in the tally room, like we did in the old days, <laughs> take them out to the media. Of course, they do it with social media now, and they were able to get the numbers out. So I went on there to assure people that, the ones that could be assured or reassured, that the website has nothing to do with the voting equipment. It's, it's totally in, yeah, it's right, it's in a tally room, but the computer that we put it out, we take the numbers off of, a, put it on a thumb drive, walk it over, put it in the thumb drive of the computer that pushes it out onto the internet, and that's where we had the problem. And oh, by the way, that thumb drive we use, so there wouldn't be any perception of contamination, we don't use it again. So when we, we, we'll send out, say, 18 of 89 precincts, we do the first report. Then after we've had more precincts report, then we take another thumb drive, put it in there, and push it out. It's, it's called the MBB, the mobile ballot box, okay? So when you go to vote on the Hart Inner Civic, and you go up and you get your little access code from what they call the judge's booth control, then you take that access and go in and punch it in to your voting machine, called the e-slate, just the e-slate voting machine. So we have the data stored in three places, and the first one's stored on the mobile ballot box in the JBC. That's the device that at the end of the night, after we have all of the procedures followed, that a Republican and a Democrat will escort that JBC along with the locked ballot boxes with all of the paper ballots from each location to the courthouse. That JBC is then given, we have students down there who are the runners who take it from the cars up to the small assembly room. There is a seal around that mobile ballot box. So the seal is removed, usually by Chris Davis working with a team of high school students, in the presence of the Republican and the Democratic election commissioner. And remember, folks, we have 
members of both parties involved in every aspect of this election, including to the cynics at the point where the machines are programmed, okay? When I first got here, they were programmed by somebody from HARP with a P who works with HARP with a T that makes the machines, okay? So somebody said to me, and it was an election person in another county, well, you know those people that come down here and program your machines where they're on the take and they can just do anything. And I thought, now look, I, I'm not a, I, I don't look for conspiracies everywhere, but I thought, if he thinks it, somebody else is gonna think it. So what did I do? I said, I called up the folks at heart and said, hey, can you train my Democratic and Republican machine techs to do it in-house? These are guys that are retired. They're both Frank Shingle, very active. You'll see a letter in the paper on behalf of the Democratic Party about every other week from Frank. Chuck Brantley for the Republican, but they work well together. I said, I want you guys programming the machines. You all are local. Your respective political parties trust you. I trust you. And they and I agree about one thing. We have never seen anybody on that ballot worth going to jail for. That person, that person isn't there. I, I've told somebody I wouldn't go to jail for a member of my family. I sure ain't going for any politician that I've ever seen on a ballot. All right? So it's just absurd to think. And remember, to do what some of these people say you have to do, you have to have the Republicans and the Democrats agreeing on how to rig an election. Give me a break. How is that possible? You get this Democrat and we get that Republican. No, that's, that's not happening. Point is, we program it in-house. They do internal logistics and accuracy tests before every election. And then we have a public machine test before every election where representatives of the Republican and the Democratic parties come there along with any independent candidates and anybody else. And I can tell you the last one, I think we had 11 or 12 folks, which was the most we've ever had at a public machine test. And oh, by the way, every time we do it, what we do, we vote on, we have this paper list, and then you vote on the machine, and then you've got to compare, is the machine tallying it up like you've got over here? It's just kind of comparing a piece of paper. It always comes out the same because it's a machine. It only can do what it's programmed to do. You either trust the people that are doing it or you don't. Uh, now, we have added, because I've gotten worried, uh, my machine techs, like all of us, are getting up in age. So we've got two more that we've added, uh, one recommended by the Democratic Party, just approved at last week's meeting, a gentleman by the name of John Byrd, and Steve Cole, who will now be representing the Republicans. So we have four machine techs out there, and I feel better about it in case somebody gets sick on Election Day or at a critical phase during this. So. Anyway, it all fits in together. So those mobile ballot boxes are removed in the presence of the commissioners, okay? They're sealed. So you can see if it's been tampered with, the seal would be broken. And then they are put in sealed envelopes and the commissioners physically carry them from the small assembly room over to the courthouse and take them up to the tally room where the other commissioners are eagerly waiting to receive them and they're logged in, so we can see this one came from Dean Hill Rec Center, and they log it in, 
they present it to LaRonda Myers, who's my chief deputy. You know, every office has one, don't they? They have one person that the office can't function without. She's been there longer than she'd care to admit, and she, she's a loyal Democrat too, don't get me wrong, and she's the one that, if I told Chris when I first hired him, I said, if I'm asking you to do something and LaRonda tells you to do something, you drop what you're doing for me, and you do it, because she's the one that's in charge of that office, but she's the one that has the skill to then put it into the machine and read it. And at that point, it's up on the screen. You can see the results just like you see on our website when they're posted. And that's the information that at the appropriate time we figure we got enough precincts in there, we're going to stick that thumb drive into our tally machine, take the thumb drive across the room, and put it into the computer that will push it out to the Internet. Now, obviously after what happened on May the 1st, we had a backup plan for August the 2nd election. And that was to have Google Cloud, well, we're going to put the numbers there, and we had the address out, gave it all to the media. So if we had the website crash again, then we could get it from that source. Of course, when you have an insurance policy in place, you didn't need it. Now, back to Sword and Shield. They were the ones that, after we had the website crash, I think I got credit in Scott Barker's blog for bringing an outside party here. I was totally on board with the mayor's office, Mayor Tim Burchett. I don't want to take credit where, where I didn't get directly involved, but I, I was consulted on it, brought in a, a third party to look at it. We wanted to know what's going on, and at that point, but... Mayor Birch had also got some calls from some of these purported experts that some folks like to rely on. And they said, well, you can't ever make, because he said, well, they, they didn't bother our voting. And they said, oh, no, no, you can never make that pronouncement without having an expert come in and do it for you. But it's like, but we're not hooked up to the Internet. No, 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 you, you can't do that. So anyway, the experts came in pretty quickly because this report, and it's public record, and if anybody wants one, I can certainly email you a copy. I sent one to Scott Barker yesterday, uh, as a matter of fact. But they did a report ready to roll with it on May the 8th. I mean, just read what they said about us, since people don't believe what Hart says about Hart, or maybe what I say about it. Due to the lack of network connectivity and the fact that all data that goes into the isolated master system can be validated back to each polling station and to each polling machine, no compromise of official election data could have been carried out. Physical access is closely guarded and therefore would continue to be the only way to manipulate official data. Same thing that's true in all election systems no matter what you have. You've got to have access and then you have to have people that have the inclination to do that which they're sworn not to do. One thing I also want to mention, when I got in that office after Greg McKay, I think there was a lot of concern, oh, Rogers, he's going to go in there and fire a bunch of the Democrats and do this and do that. Everybody that was in that office, and Greg McKay did a good job, and people before him, of hiring good people there. All of my staff 
is the same. We've got other part-time people. The only position that's changed is the assistant administrator of elections. Scott Frith was there when I got there. Uh, he got his law degree and moved on, and I hired Chris Davis back in, was it 2013? Been a, been a while. But anyway, that's the only position that's, that's changed, uh, and that was simply because somebody left. So I trust those people down there. If I didn't, again, I just turn in my papers and move on. I, I, got, I got too much else to do with my life that I enjoy doing, getting involved in something I think is a compromised system. Um, and just a little more detail in the report at the end of it, Knox County explained how the official election results reside in systems that have no network connectivity of any type. Currently, Knox County uses the Hart InterCivic East Lake Direct Recording electronic voting system. Again, all official voting data is collected at each polling place is physically transported to Knox County for consolidation that is observed by election officials. The consolidated election results are stored on an isolated master system. To export the data to the website, a memory card is physically carried to a network-connected in injection station. I like that, an injection station. <laughs> this, this process provides data integrity. No data is carried back to the isolated master system that contains official election results. Due to the lack of network connectivity and the fact that all data that goes into the isolated master system can be validated back to each polling station and to each polling machine. No compromise of official election data could have been carried out and still talks about physical access. So while the expert, whoever talked to Burchett, wasn't happy with his explanation or mine, now that you have a third party come in here, they believe it because there's simply no way to do it. And that's why my comment earlier having to do with, uh, 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 I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, about voting on the Internet. That one, it just, how could we ever trust voting on the Internet? I would never want to vote on the Internet because we know that anything on the Internet can be hacked. But let me mention one other thing, physical access to the voting equipment. According to the report, that would be the only arguable Achilles heel, right? Well, I've talked about the fact that we've got good machine techs. And I will tell you too, because they pointed this out, they said, because we've got them, all our machines are under lock and key in the basement of the old Sears building, and they call it Knox Central now. We've got cameras on it. When one of our machine techs goes down there, a member of the other one parties down there. If they're programming machines, they are so careful if one takes a bathroom break, they stop. They wait till the other one comes in there. Because I would want them to testify if we had an election contest, hey, did you work on the machine when a member of the other party wasn't present, and they'd be able to say, no, no, I didn't. There was always somebody there. And of course, that's going to be easier and quicker now that I got four machine techs. They'll uh, have a little more freedom and flexibility there in that particular uh, issue. And I can't emphasize enough that when we have live ballots, when we go live, it's what we call it, down at the Election Commission, and we have ballots that are coming into the office. Remember, we mailed out ballots to the military last Friday. We could go today 
Uh, that was the, the deadline. Actually, it's Saturday. We got them out Friday and came in Saturday to be sure we had none by noon. But once ballots are going out, stands to reason, they can be coming back in. So I don't want the perception there's only members of one party present when we have ballots coming back in to the office. Both parties need to be there, and that counts when we're working on Saturdays and after hours, because when early voting is going on after hours, our office is always open down there. So we've always got people. And, and that's why all these conspiracy theories, they have to involve members of both parties. And I haven't read anything about it going on in Tennessee. I don't know about it going on anywhere else. And if there were problems with our voting equipment that these experts say, you know, most of what they're talking about, they can go hook up a computer to Hart, okay? And they can go in there and play around on it for about 20 or 30 minutes. Some of the reports I've read by the experts border on what I call vandalism. Well, if I tear this thing out and I get in there and I... Well, Well, I'd have to see it. I'm a cynic on that one, okay? I mean, I, I would have to see it. Yeah, I understand. And that, that's, uh, that presents credibility problems on the front end for me right there, okay? <laughs> with all due respect to those people. Because people, listen, working in federal court for 23 years, I saw experts come into that courtroom testifying under oath two different ways on an issue. And you're going... How can this be? They're experts. They're getting paid four or five hundred dollars an hour. They ought to know everything that there is to know about it. But guess what? This guy or this lady over here, they knew the same thing too. And they came to a different conclusion. So I'm just saying they're experts, but they only have so much credibility. And you're not I gotta see it from these people. And I've read about all these hacks. I keep up with it. I go on election line every day, okay? Here, here's, you want to know what the problem is? Let me just show you some of the problem right here while people are getting confused. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. We're going to get to it right now. Why do people have the perception there's problems with our equipment? Well, I'm going to lay some of the blame right smack dab at the foot of the media, okay? They have not done a very good job of reporting. And headline writing, I've talked to reporters several times, the person writing the article well, they don't write the headline. It's readily apparent when you read it. Here is USA Today, February 18th. My God, the world's coming to an end. Look at this. States scramble to protect voting systems from Russia. Oh, here we go. We knew the Russians were involved. Let's read the subheadline. Congress has provided little help to improve ballot security. Well, there's your problem. It's Russia, now it's Congress. Let's look over here to the left. McMaster. Russian meddling in 2016 elections is beyond dispute. What are they meddling in? Well, you ain't going to have to, if you stop at the headline and already have formed your opinion, which I'll submit a good deal of the population, they, they figured it out. They're moving on to something else in here, all right? 
opinion reached, I resolved it in three seconds. Usually takes me seven because that's about my attention span. It's seven. It's mine anyway. Well, let's look down here in the meat of the article. Although no actual votes were changed, hackers did breach Illinois' voter registration database. What? It's not the, the election system? But that's what it said up here. Misleading headline. All right? Totally misleading. No, I ain't done. Okay, give me just a second. Let's go to NPR. They're pretty reliable. This is after they interviewed my assistant, Chris Davis. Article's all about what happened here on election night. Here's the headline. Not just ballots. And I read that, it's like, all right, whatever's getting ready to be said, we've already resolved the issue of the ballots, hadn't we? Let's move on to something else. We already know they can be hacked without any proof whatsoever. Tennessee hack shows election websites are vulnerable. And then this not-so-innocent insertion of the word two. Two. And I'm reading it. What do you mean two? No two. Please no two. Because guess what? It's just Tennessee hack shows election websites are vulnerable. That's all it did. But we get this creative headline. I'm an attorney. One word changes everything. Two. Well, that means the ballots are not secure now, and neither is the website. All May 1st proved was that the website was vulnerable. Sword and Shield tells us that, okay? And that's all it did. And guess what, folks? We knew that before May the 1st. I've been told by IT that they're under attack thousands of times a day. All of that data that's got everything about any of us that are registered voters, including our social security number, is there. But I'll tell you this, I think I feel a little better about Knox County IT because I know all those experts down there. I'm worried about my bank. I'm worried about the hospitals. I'm worried about the credit unions. I'm worried about everybody out there. I shouldn't say I'm worried. I'm not worried. I'm too old to worry about all that. I'm concerned, though. I'll tell you that. Okay? There's a headline for you. Now, our own Jack McElroy is not going to be outdone on this topic. You all may or may not have seen this. Here we go. Sunday, May 27th, after the website hack. Jack, I once rigged a voting machine... And it was shockingly easy to do so. Now, he's talking about 1978 in New Mexico. All right? We had, obviously, different technology then. And as he, he said, he concluded with, you know, there's talk about getting new voting machines. Then he goes on, but human factors such as short guys with skinny arms can mess up election security too. Okay, but when I see that, while it is true, it could lead a reasonable person to think, hey, all of the machines out there have issues. All of them can be rigged. We have a problem here. I've come to the conclusion at age 65 that... Uh, one of the things that Americans are absolutely the best at is solving a problem that doesn't exist. We're, we're damn good at it. I don't know if any country can beat us on solving a problem that don't exist. And that's what I think we're going to be doing here with our voting equipment.
Okay? But having all paper ballots in a county the size of Knox, again, to solve this problem, which doesn't exist, we will spend hundreds of thousands of extra dollars on paper cost each year. That's each year, okay? There will be additional costs of storing the paper. God only knows where I'm going to put it, but that can be solved with money as well. And we will certainly have problems with printers and scanners at all of the polling locations, okay? That's what it takes here. Let's not fool ourselves. It's, it's complicated, and there's problems. I ran into Greg McKay at the grocery store when all this chatter's going up about paper ballots, and uh, Greg looked at me, and we were talking about it. He goes, hey, you and I both know what's going to happen when we send in folks to count paper ballots in a room, and then we send them in again in that room to count them. Those vote totals will never be the same. And on that issue, Greg and I both agreed. Of course, he went off laughing because he doesn't have to worry about <laughs> any of that. He's running for office now. That's what his focus is. But I thought it was an interesting perspective because we all know it, it's going to be different. That's why we've got this technology to count the ballots so that we have taken the human element out of it. And reading ballots after you've worked about a 14-hour day, my eyes are getting a little tired at that point, if that's what we're doing, having to, to resolve things along that. Anyway, in my view, what you're doing would be substituting one set of problems with these paper ballots, not only for another set of problems, it's not another set of problems. It's a problems that are perceived to exist. I mean, you know, and I'm always looking for analogy, and, it's, and, I, and I, I say this. In my view, the Russians have won because there's now one-third of the population that thinks all, not just some, all of the voting machines can be hacked by the Russians. It is if, you always hear that, that uh, somebody won a war without firing a shot. In this case... It's like the Russians won the war without even having a functional firearm. They've won. They've never altered one vote. But we are going to go back 100 years and let's do all paper ballots because we're so worried about the specter of the Russians. We believe they can do things that they've yet to do. This is hilarious. Two years ago in the presidential election, North Korea made the pronouncement. There's a credible source, North Korea. They proclaimed that they could hack any of our election equipment from North Korea. And one of my friends, I'm not going to mention him, who's a big lobbyist down there, he sent it as proof of why we need to have paper ballots. And I said, what's the credible source of the information? North Korea? Give me a break. They're saying they can do that. Nobody, they don't have to prove it. They just have to say it. And then all of us go, oh, well, I guess, I guess they can do it. We need to do something about it. Look, I, we've got to buy a new voting system for next year. And I'm on the horns of a dilemma. All of the election officials that we work with, all the Republicans and the Democrats, we know that this direct recording uh, device that we have, we've got new technology now. It's a whole lot better. And you've got touchscreens because our goal, after what happened in the March presidential preference primary in 2016 where we had the dials. Remember how long it took to vote? 
unless you voted Democrat, which was you just went in there and you got out. But if you're over there with the Republicans, waiting through the delegates, then it's going to take a while. And I called up the Republican Party, talked to Ryan Haynes, who was in charge. I said, Ryan, is this the way we're going to do our delegates? Why don't we do it like the Democrats? Just vote for president and be done with it. No, no, we won't. Republicans want everybody weighing in on these people. And I said, well, I weighed in on people. I didn't know who they were. I've never done that in a, in a race before. I knew who all the delegates were. They aligned with my candidate who got soundly trounced. Uh, that's another story. But point is, if we're going to do it, I said, we need to have new, new equipment here because we need to be able to do a touch screen so you don't have to keep scrolling down. So that's where we started looking. We know there's the ultimate because the machines that we have, they're about 12 years old. We don't lose any votes for them because we store the votes in three places, okay? We've never lost a vote on the equipment that we have. Greg didn't lose any, and we haven't lost. They, they work, but they're getting old. We've got to do something. So instead of trying to get what just is the best system for Knox County, which is where I'm headed, I've still got to judge and figure out this ever-changing political landscape. There's a big battle now. Do we have all paper ballots? When we were at uh, the cybersecurity conference three weeks ago in St. Louis, the uh, head of Homeland Security was there, Kirst uh, Nielsen, I think that's her name. But anyway, the last thing she said as she walks out the door was, well, the Trump administration wants all paper system by 2020. And uh, I'm like, oh my. Uh, uh, but, but. Keep in mind, what makes this so crazy is that we have people on this side of the aisle that want it, and a lot of the Democrats are wanting it. They're all concerned about it. And interesting, the people that are the most concerned, none of them that I've heard from are election officials. The people on the inside, they know what efforts they go through and how we have checks and balances and how we're all working together. Nobody that's an election official wants to be working in a compromised system. Well, and look at Virginia. Remember they had the big rush to do paper ballots? And they got what they deserved. They had a tie vote, and they couldn't read the deciding ballot because they couldn't figure out how it was marked. Okay? And I had no sympathy for them. I said, y'all want And you did it in six months. They told Virginia, you've got to have a paper ballot. You know, if they tell us we've got to have a paper ballot system in six months, I'm out. Okay, I, I'm, I'm done, because that's impossible. You're now going to be presiding over orchestrated chaos, and there's no way for that system to work well. But getting back to, to the point I'm making, there's this DRE system, and then there's the ones that have the Voter Verified Paper Audit Trail, VVPAT, they call it. And I think, well, that's a good idea. We got the paper here in case of an election contest. But the problem is that some of the politicians are telling me, hey, you may not want to get that because if we go from the DREs, they're not going to be satisfied with this. They're going to want all paper. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out, my God, which of the three systems now do I buy? Because if I get it wrong, we've spent millions of dollars trying to get a system which we've got to get in place next year early in order to train on it to do our city elections next year because you don't want to bring in a new system for a presidential election. Not that it can't be done, and some counties will have to, but we do have city elections, and you like to get your workers in it and kind of ease into it in a low turnout election. It's a serious problem. I've told Secretary of State Trey Hargett, just tell us what to get. I may not like it, but let's agree on what to get and buy one system and move on, whatever it is, and let's do it in a timely manner. 
I will tell you too that with all the cybersecurity going on at Knox County, we signed up quickly for what they call the Multi-State Information Sharing and Analysis Center. So we've got people from all over the United States that send us information. When I say us, I'm no guru when it comes to trying to read all of this stuff, but IT department here, more importantly, is reading that, digesting it, and implementing anything on there to protect what we know is vulnerable, and that's the voter database over there. So we get that. And then elections infrastructure also has information sharing and analysis center. And they're sending us. So that was one of the first things. When I find out that stuff's out there, we want to get all of the information we can to assist IT in trying to protect that database. And we also got the federal government offered to do Albert sensors. Well, IT people are on it. Albert sensors are a device that you put on the computer to help monitor what's coming in. Where is it coming from? How much it's coming in? They're already ahead of that before the federal government. So you may go on and find out, well, Knox County didn't sign up with the federal government to do it. No, we were already doing it by the time they made the offer. So our IT department is, uh, I think, outstanding. And look, their data's on it too. I mean, they're working to protect themselves as well as all of us. They have a vested interest in doing that. I'm not concerned about it. And all these things that they say can happen, there's a lot of things that would have to take place in the context of a real-life situation at a polling place for that to occur. And our workers are trained. We don't let people go in there with computers and hook up to them. We don't let them stay in there 20 or 30 minutes playing around. Most we've had anybody in one of our uh, booths well, somebody came in and drunk and passed out, and it took us a while to get that individual <laughs> dragged out of there and get him out. But that's about the most time anybody's ever been in a, one of our booths uh, that shouldn't have been. <laughs> Voter fraud is when you tell me you're not a felon, and you are. Try to register as a felon, and you are. And then some of it's kind of the cute stuff. You sneak over here from Loudoun County because... Uh, you sold your house here about two years ago, but you forgot to register down there in Loudoun County, so you come over and vote early here. I'm going to find it out eventually, and I will turn that person over. That's voter fraud, because that one vote in the wrong precinct could decide a tie vote. And that person is not entitled, who no longer resides there, to decide who's going to govern the people that actually live there. It's a big deal. People don't think of it. They just think, oh, it's no big deal. It's always a big deal when you vote. There are people that have voted twice. Now, we have procedures in place where if you vote early and show up on election day that they have voted twice. They will get turned over. As to whether there is any criminal intent or not, that is not my job. But if I look at the evidence and go, this is a prima facie case of voter fraud, I will turn th them over. And, uh, and, and I will tell you, we've improved that, because right now we've, we've got a system. If they've early voted, we've got it. If you show up on election day, it puts, do not vote. Because I realize eyes get tired. In the, I want something hitting them right between the eyes uh, if they're showing up. And if they, if they don't think they voted early, then they can vote a provisional ballot, and we'll check it out. Unfortunately, if they sign that provisional ballot, and I find out they early voted, well, that right there, is a, that's, that's also a felony because they've now sworn under oath that they're entitled to vote when they already voted. So that is what we get as garden variety voter fraud in Knox County. I will tell you, I have never had one case of somebody being an illegal alien voting in Knox County in seven years. And think about it. Why will somebody take the risk? Because if they get caught, 
They go to jail first immediately. Then they're going to get deported. I will tell you, in a presidential election in 2016, they found a voter in one of the states was here, had voted in three different states, okay? You might be able to get away with it, but eventually the paperwork catches up with you. Every piece of paper you fill out at a polling place is examined by a human at some point in time, and the ones at issue are brought to my attention, and I will decide if they need to be turned over or not. Those are what we talk about voter fraud, and, and I take it seriously. I mean, not only because I'm the administrator of elections, I'm also an attorney, and it offends me when people uh, think they're just being cute when they're messing with who's going to be representing people. Thank you for listening to and sharing the Knox County Public Library podcast. Find other episodes and life-changing resources at knoxlib.org.